0: MFM is about spirituality. Mm -hmm. It's not a conventional football club. MFM FC is not a conventional football club.
1: That's my guest, Godwin Ennekena. I met him for the first time in Lagos last year in Nigeria, and I interviewed him in his car, which was a lot quieter than the riotous radio station he was working at. He's the Sporting Director for Mountain of Fire and Miracles Ministries, MFM, and he's absolutely right, MFM Football Club is anything but conventional. I'm David Goldblatt and this is Game of Our Lives. I went to Lagos to watch the football, but not the Nigerian football initially. The English Premier League has over 300 million regular viewers on the continent of Africa and nowhere loves the Premier League more than in Nigeria. So I went to Lagos to meet the official supporters clubs of Tottenham Hotspurs, Arsenal and Chelsea. And while it was great to hang out with them in the TV bars and restaurants of Lagos, without doubt the most lively, the most exciting and the best football that I saw was at Mountain of Fire and Miracles.
0: Agige Stadium was packed to the rafters for this one. What a goal! This is fabulous!
1: Mountain of Fire and Miracles is a Pentecostal church based in Lagos and it's part of the fastest growing social movement in Nigeria. Maybe 20% of the population is now a member and amazingly, Pentecostal churches and their preachers are pretty much the only people who are actually selling out football stadiums in Nigeria. Their church services get numbers that league clubs in Nigeria would die for.
0: Put your by Jesus.
1: Put your Come on to the, Lord. To the glory of the Lord. So, unlike the other Pentecostal churches in Nigeria mfm came up with football as a way of engaging the youth of the slums of lagos giving order purpose and pleasure to their day and the message came right from the top of the organization
0: you know a message that was divine to rescue youth from satan
1: and that's how it began back in 2007 when mfm was just a church youth football event every year They picked the 11 best players from their training and coaching sessions to create an all-star team. And it turns out that team was consistently good. Indeed, the players realised that they could compete with the best and called on MFM to actually take them into competitive football. So in 2011, MFM FC entered the bottom rung of the Nigerian League as an amateur team. By 2014, they've made their way to the very top, the Nigerian Premier League, where this tiny team from a tiny working class neighborhood in Northern Lagos has been challenging for the Nigerian title.
0: Every Lagosian want to see the beauty of the game back to Lagos again. Football is back to this city, and MFM are giving the fans reasons to be, to be happy. Lagos was without a Premier League club, then came in MFM Football
1: Club, like a fairy tale. It's really a remarkable story and a remarkable ascent. I caught up with Godwin on Skype recently and I wanted to know more about their secret. What is it they do that Nigerian football teams can learn from? For a start, Godwin says MFM look after their players.
0: It's a family. You go and train, you come back to the stuff, food is waiting for you. You have television, you've got everything working. In a country where electricity is a big problem, you've got electricity... 24-7. What else do you need as a footballer?
1: If you're playing for MFM, you need some rules. Okay, so you got to cut your hair short,
0: right? If you are playing for MFM, you can't carry the kind of hair you are carrying now, David. That's number one. <laughs> you have to, it has to be like mine.
1: Okay, so like a number one, a buzz cut, right? Keep it tidy,
0: yeah. that's That's the first condition. Okay. Number two, no obvious tattoos. If you had it before, Mm -hmm. you must cover it when you're playing. That's number two. Number three, you cannot sag. You can do that when you're playing for MFM.
1: Now, sagging, this is like letting your trousers kind of hang low off your hips, right? Hip-hop style.
0: Certainly, you can do that. Yeah, exactly. Number three, you can put on jewellery. You know, no earrings, nothing, you know, and you must conform. Like you guys say, when you're at Rome, you behave like the Romans. So you are in a church environment, you are playing for a football team, and that means you must comport yourself within and outside of the football team. So wherever we play football, it's uh, the beauty of the game that we play. You don't find our coaches harassing referees. We are not known to be um, a team that encourages oligarchism. So these are the traits you find when you see MFM play.
1: And what about your issues on smoking and drinking? What are the uh, what are the rules for the players on on how they behave when they're not um, when they're not playing and training?
0: Within, outside, you don't drink, you don't smoke. I mean, these are not allowed at all. They are worse than sagging your trousers.
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. And do you my my sense is that your uh, your investment in your players is repaid many times over. You've got to be the smallest club in the uh, in the Nigerian Premier League. And yet, there you are challenging, you know, Plateau, Rivers, all of these big clubs. Um, it's been an exceptional achievement. So, how did that happen? It's simple.
0: Um, consistency. Let me give you an example. The captain of the team, Austin Okmara, we started this race together some 11 years ago, still the captain of the team, you know. About 70% of this team have been together for 11 years. David, can you beat consistency?
1: You can't beat consistency, and particularly in Nigerian football where there's so much chopping and changing. And above all, a lot of players who are not getting paid a lot of the time, man. I wonder how important, you know, do you differentiate yourself by being regular payers? I mean, just a simple thing like that. That also stands us out. We have a team... That
0: at the end of every month or before the end of the end of the month, salaries are paid. You don't the players are not thinking about your salaries. They know that before the end of the month, there is an alert and it says there's money in your account. I can't think of a team. Or let's say, I don't know how many teams do this in Nigeria. So, you know, beyond that is a family. Hardly would you find a city in the world that you don't find MFM, as we'll call it. If we are going to play a game in Kano, from Lagos. All we just needed to show up in Cano. Before we get to Kano, the pastor in charge of MFM in Cano would have provided accommodation, would have taken care of our feeding, would have taken care of our logistics. He would have taken care of the allowances for the players. So all you need to do as a team is to just show up. You get to the football pitch, the pastor has mobilized supporters who are going to support you. That's exactly how it works. No team in Nigeria enjoys this. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, so that makes us uniquely different from every other club side. We also go into games not wanting to win every game. We go into games and we say, Ah, look our message is enjoy the beautiful game. We're gonna play the beautiful game without violence.
1: You play in uh, the Agigi Stadium, and Agigi is a suburb. Uh, a a neighbourhood in uh, in northern Lagos. Can you, for our listeners, just paint us a picture of what kind of place Agi is and and what MFM is like on match day there? The Agege Stadium is a community stadium, less mm-hmm. than five thousand capacity.
0: So what, there's the, the the ambience is unbelievable. You know, you have one thousand people in that stadium. It feels like the Maracana. It feels like uh, the Wembley Stadium. That's the beauty of it. The Agege Stadium doesn't need any last speaker to have people coming to the stadium. You know, um, Lagosians are also very glad. You know why? For almost two decades, we've not had Premier League football in Lagos. So that is also a big motivation for Lagosians to turn up every time. So we don't make too much noise.
1: Again... I don't know about that, Godwin. When I went there, your crowd was making a lot of noise. What about your, um, your brass band? And your, uh, and your singers down in the cheap seats.
0: Uh, a stadium is not a burial ground,
1: is it, David? No, it's not a burial ground.
0: So you must create some entertainment for those who came to watch football. So that's why we have our band that plays purely gospel tunes and the people, Muslims, Christians, they dance to these tunes.
1: I wanted to ask you, um, it reminds me... What happens if you have a Muslim player who wants to come and play with you, or would you consider signing a Muslim player from a, from another team? I wonder how that would uh, that would work for you. Lovely
0: question, easy answer. We uh, our MFM was not set up for MFM members. It's about helping the youth, not helping MFM youth. So it goes beyond the church. All you need to be there is to have what it takes to play football. And that is it.
1: Okay. And as long as you stick to the rules, no problem.
0: You must stick with the rules. When you are a rule, you behave like the Romans.
1: Let me just take you back a moment. Uh, And as you say, you're the sporting director. um, But you've been intimately involved and, you know, there with the squad sometimes. And at times it's actually got too exciting and too much for you. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about that.
0: When the pressure gets to you, you don't want to fail, you know. Especially when you're giving your all. You've done everything humanly possible, you know. I I paint a picture of uh, the last game two years ago when MFM were fighting relegation. We had a last game to play at home against Infanyaba, Billionaire's Club. We needed victory. David, I don't want to go through that experience again. I died many times. You know, the game was so bad, a few minutes into the first half, my captain, the best player on my side, got a red card. 10 against 11, a game we needed to win. Then, miraculously, we scored a fantastic goal that there's no referee in the world who wants to play with his job by disallowing that goal. (laughs) Then, second half, 15 minutes to the end of the game, we conceded a penalty. And when the penalty was awarded against MFM, I couldn't watch it. I went on my knees, you know, tears were coming out of my eyes. I was like, God, this is not my covenant with you. If this penalty goes in, MFM is doomed. So I couldn't watch. But thank God, my goalkeeper caught that penalty. And the the rest, like they say, is history. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but I think you've taken a te- a step back from the bench these days. No more, no more direct coaching for you.
0: Definitely not.
1: <laughs> MFM is a um, is you know it's one of the bright success stories of contemporary Nigerian football. Everybody loves the little guy coming up to the top and then toughing it out with the big teams. But most Nigerians that I met when I was in Lagos would probably prefer to be watching Chelsea or Tottenham or Arsenal. How does European football and its ubiquitous availability on mobile phones and televisions in Nigeria, how does that affect MFM and and what you're trying to do? David, this is
0: one canker worm that's eating so deeply into the fabrics of our football. For instance, today we have a young man called Gino Lokosa Gino Lokosa is the top scorer in the league in Nigeria. I just did a voice pop, you know, support the opinions of Nigerians, you know, at random. I tell you, we spoke with seven people. None of them, they can't tell who Gino Lokosa is. You know why? not, a, not one of them. <laughs> we, are play, we play 10 games every weekend. Only one of these games is on television. How do you get to know your players? So in Nigeria, you have to go to the stadium to go see games.
1: Now, going to see MFM, you know, I can confirm is a great experience. No problems, no hassle, a lot of joy. But that's not always the case going into the stadium these days in Nigeria. Um, You know, we have uh, there are problems of violence, crowds. There are problems of attacks on referees. And the record of the clubs, many of them, I think the majority owned by the state governments of Nigeria, do not have a great record on this. I wonder, is there any hope there? Or would the best thing be for, um, you know, more MFMs, more privately held clubs, rather than relying on these regional governments?
0: 17 clubs in the league in Nigeria are run by state governors. And uh, these clubs are more like um, PR yeah that's what I was looking for PR for state governors so uh, let, let's have co- I mean private in the, let's have the MFMs of this world you know the business of government is not to run club sites
1: you say they the uh, the state governments use football clubs as a form of pr but so does you know the royal house of abu dhabi in manchester city and that let me tell you as you know godwin is producing terrific results why do you think they they support clubs you know that are actually bad pr for them a lot of the time what are they getting wrong what don't they do what do they not get right what
0: they are getting wrong is that um the players are treated like civil servants they are not treated like professionals. If a governor in Nigeria who cannot pay the minimum wage of about a dollar or something, uh, I mean, how is he going to pay a footballer about um, $1,000? You know what I'm talking about? So that's the difference. The Abu, Abu Dhabi guys we're talking about, for them, is business, first and foremost. Yes, massive PR. You have to get the business side of it very right. For you to have the pr that you want so that is the difference here is no business for the abu dhabi guys it is business and pr
1: nigeria's governments might be a disaster at football but nigeria itself continues to produce the most incredible body of football talent i mean of course young men but increasingly young women as well to what extent is it possible for Nigerian domestic football at least to hang on to some of these folks for a little bit? And to what extent can Nigerian football actually begin to profit from you know, their European or foreign careers? Because at the moment, many of the best players don't even seem to be moving through the Nigerian League before departing.
0: David, it's simple. It's about the power of the Naira. It's about economic factors. I mean, you you play in Nigeria, I told you about the minimum wage. The highest paid Nigerian footballer at this point earns less than one million naira. You cross over to somewhere in Sudan, you earn 10 times that amount.
1: You're earning 10 times more in Sudan than you would in Nigeria. This is incredible. Nigeria, the biggest economy in Africa.
0: It's a fact. I mean, because, like I said, 17 clubs in the league in Nigeria are run by government. So what do you expect? The economy is not good at this point. We have our challenges that we are dealing with. The governor cannot pay civil servants. He's looking for money to pay wages. So it's from that same pause that he's going to pay footballers. So that's where the problem is. That's why sometimes you find out that players have not been paid for six months, seven months, and what have you? That's the bottom line. Uh, It's it's not entirely wrong for government to run football. I mean, uh, if you want to host the World Cup in Nigeria, there must be guarantee from government before FIFA we allow Nigeria to host. I'm talking about security. I'm talking about funding. I'm talking about Stadia. Everything, just telecommunications and the private individuals cannot provide this. So you can't wish away government from you know, running football or sport in Nigeria. The point is, run football professionally, leave the PR side of it, deal with the professional side of it and PR will come naturally.
1: How do you feel in this context then when, you know, Nigerian celebrities, particularly the rappers, but also the politicians? I'm thinking of Obasanjo's uh, vice president, you know, are tweeting about Arsenal or Chelsea or Manchester United. What is it going to take for them to start tweeting about MFM or Plateau United or Kano Pillars? David,
0: we will get there. It's step at your time. The most important aspect for now. Uh, three, The first one will be professionalism. The club should be run professionally. Number two, let us have TV in our league. Let Nigerians get to see our games on TV. I'm sure you remember the young man, Sikiru Olatubosu of MFM, that scored a goal that was adjudged the best for a 07 days, the world over by the CNN.
1: I broke the internet. Three three passes all in the air and then that volley at the end of it, there wasn't a better score goal scored anywhere on the planet that week.
0: David, imagine if that game was not on television.
1: Sure. You don't you don't get to see him.
0: Deal with the economy. Let us have a, a good economy. Everything will be right.
1: Let's look a little bit to the future. It's fantastic news that this year, 2018, the Super Eagles have qualified for the World Cup. What's the mood in Nigeria about uh, the prospects for the Super Eagles this time around?
0: Before we talk about the prospects, I want to talk about the first time in a long while that our beloved Super Eagles of Nigeria qualified to play at the World Cup without Nigerians having to import calculators. We didn't have to calculate at all.
1: Kept it nice and easy. No playoffs. No last-minute points needed.
0: Yes, it was lovely. Then we had a young team with a foreign manager, not a big-name manager, but a man who had proven on the pitch that he's as good as the best coaches you can find anywhere in Africa and even in the world. And his name? His name is Gennaro. Uh-huh. Gennaro, yeah. From Germany. Had his in Gabon, you know, as a coach, came to Nigeria from nowhere. You know, nigerians felt like who oh, is this man where is he coming from we have bigger names but it's proven to be one damn good coach yes like i said before we have a young team we have a mature john obi Michael as captain we have victor moses playing for Chelsea football club we have indeed we friend, a ma- a young man who plays week in week out for uh, leicester city football club you know, so there's confidence that we can do something what we've never done before at the World Cup. I mean, this belief was given a bit of Philip after defeating Argentina 4-2, you know, in Russia. I mean, that, that tells us that uh, Russia will be good on the ground for Nigeria when the World Cup comes around.
1: It's exciting. You've got a great team. You've got a great qualification. You've got a coach that works. You've got a bit of continuity, but you've still got the NFF in charge, the Nigerian Football Federation. Are they going to perform any better? I mean, as recently as 2014, you've got the Nigerian squad going on strike because they're not being paid and they don't believe the promises, quite rightly, that are being made to them. Is it going to be any smoother this time around, do you think? Let me
0: tell you something. What has never been done before, going to the World Cup, they sat down with the players and agreed on what the bonuses, what you are going to earn for a win, a draw, or even a defeat, as it were. Everything has been well spread out. We've never had this good. The team is good. The coaching is good. Administration is good. It is up to the players to deliver at the World Cup.
1: That is a very exciting and, let me say, a fabulously optimistic prospect, Godwin. It will give me more pleasure than I can say to see a Nigerian team under professional management get out there and win the 2018 World Cup. How far can they go, Godwin?
0: How far can Nigeria go at the World Cup? Let's play the first game. Then, David, you ask me that question again.
1: Okay, I'm going to hold you to that, Godwin. And after Nigeria's opening game in June 2018, I'd like you to invite you back on the show for a discussion. I want to hear all the news from Lagos and how the people are responding. And hopefully we'll have the chance to do it many more times during the World Cup. Thank you so much for being with us. It's been a real pleasure.
0: David, it's my pleasure doing this. And uh, I'm grateful on behalf of the Mountain of Fire Miracles Ministries. Everyone involved with the team will say thank you so very much. Let's do this again some other time.
1: Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you so much. Godwin Anakena. You can follow Godwin on Twitter. You can find him on Facebook. You can catch his show, Sportsplash on Lagos State Television, and don't forget his fabulous radio phone-in, Top Sports, on Lagos's Top Radio. As we heard, getting paid in men's Nigerian football is no mean feat. But in the women's game, it's even harder. The Nigerian women's team hasn't had an opportunity or a match in over a year. In fact, they won the Continental African Championship and they were not paid. The players have pitched camp at a nearby hotel and have promised not to leave until their bonuses are paid. But let's not kid ourselves. This type of misogyny and sexism
0: is inherent in all systems all around the world.
1: Shireen Ahmed is a football writer, coach and sports activist. We'll be hearing from her in next week's show about the fight to lift the hijab ban in football and the joy of watching the Women's World Cup. In the meantime, check out our website, gameofourlives.fm and subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't already heard it, listen to episode one where our guest Werner Herzog tells us what would a Werner Herzog football movie look like? if you know someone who would like the show tell them, spread the joy, share the love and if you really like us rate us on Apple Podcasts and help us tell the world this show is a production of Jetty Studios our senior producer is Raja Shah our producer and sound designer is Meredith Hodanoff our editors are Casey Miner and Karnish Thoreau Kiana Mogadam does social media Graylin Brashear does audience development our graphic designer is Sophie Feller and our podcast operations are by Jordan Bailey. The music is from Bang Data. If you like them, you can hear more at bangdata.com. Our executive producer is Julie Kane, and our general manager is Kazar Kantwala. I'm David Goldblatt. See you next week.